I've got energy drinks, a microphone, and a mouth, and that means you're about to experience some auditory stimulation. Or I could just say, you're about to listen to episode 5 of Unraveled Ideas, the podcast. I'm Pat Bowen, and today we can chat about the death of paper, a.k.a. how your smartphone rules everything, selfies, I rant a little bit about life hacking, and then I'll serve you with a dose of ad blocking round 2. One more sip of this delicious caffeinated beverage, and boom, it's go time. What proves to us is that people don't buy what you do, people buy why you do it. People don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. Because I'm always about depth versus width. Depth versus width. Okay, so I thought this debate was over in 2012, or wait, that's probably when the world was supposed to end anyway, right? Um, I get confused about things, but this is not one of them. Somehow over the last week, I read two articles taking aim at ebooks, reading, how smartphones have replaced books, and then, oh wait, books are back. Now here's a full disclaimer. So I work for Pageworks, a printer here in Grand Rapids. So. I may have a slight preference towards printing. I mean, actually, I shouldn't call Pageworks a printer because we actually help companies put together communication and marketing strategies. We do digital design, that sort of stuff as well. So when I say print things, I mean we have presses that you can walk on, digital press, offset press, things I don't really totally understand, but the fact remains that we print some really beautiful pieces when it's applicable. And that's the gripe here. So I'm reading these articles, and maybe it's just a bit of clickbait headlines, but the one from Engadget says, blah, 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 ebooks down. But is print really making a comeback? Then the article proceeds to provide the statistic that ebook sales are down according to publishers, and then a stat from the American Booksellers Association that says retail locations have increased over the past five years. Then I see this article on Connectedly titled 10 Things Our Smartphones Already Have or Eventually Will Replace. Number three, books. I quote Ebook apps and e readers such as Kindle have become a more practical way to get your reading fix. Here's the thing there's nothing I can really argue with in these. Both of those statements are true. Both of the articles have facts in them. It's just the nature of the articles that irks me for two reasons. I'll also admit that I work for a company that doesn't print books. More, we do marketing material. But if you do some research on uh, any of these topics, you can hear the back and forth, like direct mail versus email, print material versus digital material. And that gets me to my first point. At some point, hopefully soon, we can all just settle down and realize that we need to focus more on the user and the context of the situation the user finds themselves in when interacting with a particular type of media. That's what we need to focus on. I can't think of a single avid reader who prefers to read a book on their Kindle rather than paperback. I also can't think of anyone who wants more junk mail. I mean, I don't think anyone wants more spam mail either, but I'd prefer to highlight a bunch of junk emails, uh, delete them all, then carry 500 letters into my home every day. So I also prefer to get my bills digitally, but on the other hand, I'd prefer to read long articles on paper and file it away in many cases. But here's the thing. I do read articles on my phone or tablet. Why? Ease of access. When I'm waiting for an appointment or I have a couple of minutes to kill, I can pull out my phone or tablet if I'm walking around on a Saturday morning. It's just there. On that point, the Connectedly article is correct. It's practical to read books on a Kindle or a smartphone it's much more practical in that manner than it is to carry those books with you. You know, it lightens my backpack to carry textbooks digitally instead of physically, but it's also a lot harder to highlight sections for later reference. Again, my main point is context. This doesn't have to be an either or world. Which brings me to my second point. I believe what's killing reading, if anything, is on-demand media. This again goes back to context. I used to do the majority of my reading prior to bed. Now, despite research that tells me it's horrible for my sleep, I often find myself watching Netflix on my phone instead. I'd argue then that 
many people have replaced an evening read with an evening watch. Why? Because the context in which they're reading and the reason for which they were reading was relaxation. And now that you can get Netflix anywhere and it's available at any time to watch any show, people have opted for that, to watch instead of read. And so that brings me to maybe my super point of all of this is when you're assessing stats and you're comparing things, you don't need to do an either or. You need to do a little bit of research with content within the context and then open the scope. So in this world where things are changing and advancing so quickly, we need to stop viewing that either or this within an industry industry battle. Is it, you know, vinyl or is it CDs? Well, or is it vinyl or is it tapes or CDs? Well, guess what? Vinyl's still living and so is digital music. So it's not either or, it's about who's using what and when are they using it and what can you provide to fill in the gaps. You need to start opening the scope of the conversation to the behaviors and the activities that may in fact be driving the actions of the people. And that's it. Three things. Did you know selfies have killed more people than shark attacks this year? That's a little water cooler fodder for you to take back to your bro at the office. Time to drop a massive knowledge nugget on them. So 12 people have died from selfie-related deaths this year, while only 8 have suffered a similar fate due there to the ocean-faring frenemies. I'll drop the link for Mashable in the notes in case you need to prove this piece to the doubters at the coffee pot crowd, but it's there. A little caveat, nobody actually died from selfies. They died from the precarious situations they put themselves in in order to get the selfies. The shark, on the other hand, did the most work on their own. My takeaway, be careful when you're snapping your next social glam shot. Next item. Let's talk about life hacking. This has no articles. In actuality, it has way too many articles and apps and tricks and tips, like 10 things to help you cook bacon faster, 23 ideas to speed up your digestive tract, 4 things to quit doing in order to start doing the 20 things for my next article that will allow you to find happiness in 7.3 areas of your life. Now, I don't have a problem with people being curious and trying to find better ways to do things. That's called growth, innovation, human progress. What I have a problem with are the people who continually think there's a way to get ahead, a quick way, a fast way. And there are definitely things you can do to improve your workflow, but the most important one of them is to work harder. Seriously, just work harder. The next most important is to be patient. And I've learned this the hard way. I've tried to hack my way through work tasks. I tried GTD, I tried Pomodoro. I even used apps such as Toodledoo, Remember the Milk, The Hit List, Wonderlist, Any Do, Hipster, PDAs, Things, Omnitask, Todoist, Active Collab, Trello, Basecamp, Zoho, Astro, Evernote, and Asana. Yes, I actually have used all of them. And you want to know which one works the best? Getting to work. Seriously, just doing the work. Write it down. Jot it down. Pick one. Any of them. Just one of them and then do the work. So again, I'm not saying those apps are bad and I still use one, Wonderlist. Um, I'm also not trying to say that making tweaks in our life is bad. What I'm a little peeved about is all these people who tell me they don't have time to do something or they found the next best thing to get them ahead but aren't putting the work in. Because guess what? They're still telling me they don't have time to do things when they could be putting the work in. And I'm not all great in terms of getting things done. In fact, I'm not great at all in that area. What I have noticed though is that by cutting out some games, particularly mobile games that I play, um, and then putting a couple hours of work in after everyone around here goes to bed and practicing my craft instead of the games, I've made some vast improvements. So if you're feeling stuck, I, I'd suggest just trying to put in a couple hours. Pick something you enjoy that you want to get better at, do it, then do it again, then do it more, and combine that with a little patience and you're going to get somewhere. 
My third thing, it's a repeat, a remix, or maybe just a reply. So in the last episode, I talked about ad blockers. I started out by saying that the solution was to make better ads. And then I listened to episode 111 of my friend Eric Hultgren's Everything is Marketing podcast, and he addresses the topic, but by saying something along the lines of, like, the solution isn't to make better ads. So first, if you're not listening to his podcast, Everything is Marketing, go check it out at everythingismarketing.podbean.com or look for it on iTunes. And then listen to that episode, 111, because he goes into the topic a lot more than my extremely rough pull of one line from it. But it did make me think, like, hey, that's the exact opposite of what I just said. So as I was thinking about it, I had two more thoughts, a little clarification. Number one, he's right. At this point, making better ads won't fix a whole lot. If people are straight up turning on ad blockers and everything's getting blocked, your ad, your good ad isn't going to make it through anyway. But I'm not entirely sure everyone is going to turn on an ad blocking. In fact, I'd guess that many people won't. So in that case, I'm still going to argue that your company should make better ads, make ads that provide value or entertain, or at least respectful of the listener or viewer's time. Why? Take this whole ad blocking thing as a warning. For the time being, leave out the idea that the whole ad blocking thing is a turf war between tech giants and take this introduction of ad blocking in iOS as a warning, a massive warning. People don't like invasive ads. They don't like bad ads. But in many cases, they're willing to make a fair trade, so much so that people are willing to pay for an ad blocker. I'm still going to argue the fact that if ads were better and they didn't break and steal my time and trick me into clicking things, I'd be a lot less uppity on this whole topic in general. Which brings me to my second point of that. It might not actually be the quality of the ads that's been putting me over the edge, but the manner in which they're being served by the publisher. And I know a lot of these publishers need the ad revenue. In fact, most of them, or all of them do. And I know a lot of them use third-party services to serve up the ads to us. But I do believe it's still their responsibility to make sure the user experience is up to par. Since the last episode where I ranted about this, I think I've had probably a half dozen instances where I was trying to watch a product review, and the 15-second ad or the 30-second ad stuttered, took about two minutes to get through, and then froze without loading the review video. So after the last one of those, I thought, maybe it's my internet. So I fired up the UFC Fight Pass, proceeded to rewatch UFC 189, which is something that I paid for. See that fair trade thing going on here? I'm willing to pay for the media. Anyway, it streamed fine. So whose fault is it, really, that the ad didn't play? In that case, it wasn't the advertiser's fault, the people who created the ad. It was either the site I was visiting or the ad network that couldn't serve the ad reliably. Either way, it sucks, and the quality of the ads, whether we're talking about the ad itself or the network that's serving it, is terrible enough for me to say, yeah, I can see how ad blocking would be nice. And I think that's it. I'll catch you next time. If you want to chat, have it out about ads, or tell me to lay off the caffeine, you can do that on Twitter at Unraveled Ideas or email me at pat at unraveledideas.com. Have a great day. Adios.